couldn't break the cycle of if I wasn't here, meaning like if we weren't married, not like I wasn't suicidal, but if we were, if I wasn't here, they would be happier. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 199 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. This will be the last episode in the 100s. (laughs) (laughs) You're so silly. So before I forget, just a reminder... Sylvia Krakauer has made a donation, and we are offering scholarships from Sylvia Krakauer's generosity. If you're interested in applying, please go to nachokids.com slash scholarships with an S on the end. Okay. Yeah, I know we've had people email about it, and they're like, I want to apply. How do I apply? So, yeah, get it in there. So David and I had a good time yesterday together. And she's being very sarcastic. I am. (laughs) We had a lot of um, quality time together. You can't even call it that. (laughs) Not really. Because you were talking and I was just, uh, uh. So we spent eight hours in the emergency room. Yep. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. We spent half of that in the waiting room. <laughs> I think we spent more than half of that in there, it seemed like. <laughs> I know. Good grief. Yeah. So anybody that's ever had a kidney stone, I'm so sorry. That crap hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. off the chain hurts. Yeah. Well, they should have listened to you when you walked in. You came in, you're like, I think I got a kidney stone. And then they do all this stuff, and they're like, I don't think you do. And then the doctor comes in like, I don't think you do. And then they come back in and go, you uh, you actually have a kidney stone. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Didn't I tell you? <laughs> Tried to I, tell you, people. Yeah, I Googled it. <laughs> but I felt so, I did Google it. But also a friend of mine had the same issue where no symptoms except for pressure, you know, none of the other issues. So. She's like, I swear that's what I think you've got. And I'm like, I think you're right. And then finally, after what, two weeks mm-hmm. and three days? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yesterday, I couldn't take it anymore. I was done. Yeah. So the, the triage nurse says, um, before while you were in the bathroom, which was kind of a funny part, because you know they, they call you up to take your blood pressure and all that kind of stuff, and you were not there. So they call your name. So I go up there, and the lady's confused. Like, you don't look like Lori, <laughs> or should I say, hey, Lori? Um, and, and, and she actually said that, and I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> I identify as Lori. And so I sit down, and she goes, um, um, Where's your wife? And I said, She's in the bathroom. She goes, Well, I need to get her vitals. And I said, Well, she's breathing and she has a heartbeat. What else you need to know? <laughs> and that poor lady was like, For the love of Pete. <laughs> and she said, and I told her, you know, what your symptoms were. And she goes, is there a chance she's pregnant? I said, if she is, you need to have another room set aside for me. 
<laughs> yeah, so we had fun, needless to say. Yep. Not how I planned on spending my Sunday. And David had been gone the week before. So I felt bad asking him to go with me. But I wasn't sure if they were going to give me some good pain pills or medicine. And I didn't want to be stuck at the hospital. So he hung out with me. You did go home for about an hour and eat and let the puppies out and stuff. Yep, I did. Then what was the other doctor? The doctor asked you, could... Could it be possible that you have a sexually transmitted disease? <laughs> but the weird thing about it is when she said that, we both looked at each other. Like, <laughs> if I do, it's the other person's fault. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I told her, I was like, no, the STD thing, she gave birth to that 18 years ago. David. <laughs> Have we ever told that story? I don't know. All right. Well, I feel like I have to since you brought that up. <laughs> long, 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 long story short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I found out I was pregnant when I went to go to the doctor to make sure that I hadn't contracted anything from my ex because he wasn't very faithful. Yeah, that's the easy way to put it. That was a good way to put it. Yeah, make sure you didn't have no funk. Yep. I s- actually, when it says, why are you here? That's what I wrote on air. <laughs> to make sure I ain't got no funk. Well, that's when I found out I was pregnant. So David says Jackson is a STD. <laughs> and we call him J-Funk. <laughs> Yes, we do. My poor baby. He's going to be in therapy for sure. The funny part is I say it because I'm picking on him, but then you call him that. (laughs) Do I really? You do call him that. Oh. It's it's, okay. He he knows his mama loves him more than anything. So it's funny when, you know, other people call him J-Funk. Which I think is a cool name. It's just got a terrible story behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not really a terrible story. I guess out of the options, that was probably the best thing I could have gotten. That's arguable, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that lady. She's like, I don't think you've got an STD, but you're pregnant. And I hit the floor. (laughs) Yeah, like that's any better. (laughs) (laughs) are you sure (laughs) yeah yeah so that's what the doctor asked uh, yesterday do you have an std and i was like well i looked at Lori and i said well if you've got one you got some splaining to do lucy Uh (laughs) and she's like oh you got some splaining to do (laughs) and i'm just looking at that lady like it's a freaking kidney stone give me some medicine i'm hurting (laughs) i'm tired of you people i've been here all freaking day I'm done. All right, so that's enough before David goes off the chain, because he did, and I edited it out. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing with him, (sighs) y'all. All right, there was one other thing I want to say, though. Who eats in an emergency room waiting area while they're waiting to be seen? Uh, The people that were sitting beside us. Fried chicken, collard greens. Uh-huh. Just smacking that stuff up, too. That's got to be the 
least clean place you could eat. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was, th- there are interesting people in the ER for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the guy that walks in with his shirt pulled up with an impaled wound. Don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this happened, but. He said, I got- fell in the yard and I don't know what I fell on. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of shady. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that one. Had blood but- pouring out in his belly. Yeah, it's like you couldn't put something on it, like compress the area or something. You just walk around with your shirt held up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it uh, reminded me of that time that you had that motorcycle wreck, and you were all passed out. And I was sitting there at the door where they were bringing people in, I guess, from the ambulance. And first of all, that door was so loud. It was that door, you know, where you push it and then it goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, they brought some guy in, and they were like, hey, who stabbed you? No habla inglés. No habla inglés. And then about three minutes later, he'd say, yo, man, I need to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, tell us who stabbed you, and you can use the bathroom. He said, no habla inglés. No habla inglés. (laughs) That went on for hours. Hours. He might have been telling the truth. I mean, after all, that's all the Spanish I know, which is where's the bathroom? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I'd be in the same Yeah, but just the way he said, yo, man, (laughs) it just sounds like, "Mm, I think you're not telling the truth, man. But yeah, Yeah. that was an interesting night. But anyway, (laughs) thanks to pain pills, we are on the way to recovery. Hopefully. A better life through pharmaceuticals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you would like to be a sponsor of the Nacho Kids podcast. Yep, yep. And you're in the pharmaceutical industry, please contact us. <laughs> you know, honestly, we could do we could do an advertisement for step families. It's like, you know, here's all the benefits of a step family. And then here's all the ways it can completely destroy your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the medicine. This yeah. medicine will help your eyesight, but it may cause hearing damage. Limb amputation, yeah. you know. Up to and including death. Yeah. Yeah. So. Those always yeah. crack me up. So think about that. The next time you take medication, at least your step family woes are not likely to take your life. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't. At, at least not suddenly. <laughs> I, I, I've been in those trenches. It might be a slow drain to death. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, if you're having those types of problems, though, I do know that the prescription that everybody prescribes is called the Nacho Kids Academy. What? And you can get your own prescription for just $49. That's right. Covered by your insurance. It will not be. But you can, <laughs> still, <laughs> but you can check it out at nachokidsacademy.com if you want to improve your blend and stay out of the hospital. It is cheaper than a divorce for sure. <laughs> Yeah, cheaper than a lot of things, actually. And people say, well, I, I just, I can't afford that, but I think we're going to live separately. Yeah, that's going to cost you, you more You're going to live somewhere for less than $49 a month. <laughs> Let amazing. me know. Let me know where you do that. Yep. And there's all kind of stuff in the academy, y'all. There's the Nacho Kids Boot Camp, two Q&A coaching calls a month, an anonymous community. 
mm-hmm. where you can talk to other Academy members. And you don't have to worry about anybody screenshotting your crap and sending it to anybody. Yep. Never Cause, happened. Because that's what we do. It's safe in there, Popal. Yep. Poople. I said Popal. It's safe in there. It's safe in there. Yep. And guess what? If you can't do the $49, then Sylvia's got a solution to that problem. Apply yep. for the co- apply for the scholarship. Applied for the scholarship. Yep. Apply for the scholarship. Nachokids.com slash scholarship. All right. All right, David, quit talking to me. I'm not talking to you. Our guest today is Alicia Cresco. She is from the stepmom side. Alicia and I had to record this several times. Uh oh. <laughs> we did. Technical difficulties? Yeah, you could say that. Lori difficulties. <laughs> Zoom difficulties. Everything was difficult. Anyway, so this is kind of a compilation (laughs) (laughs) of some of our recordings because I think the last one we did, we were like, oh, the last one was much better. So anyway, I don't know what y'all getting ready to listen to. Did you sabotage the recordings just so you can talk to Alicia more than once or twice? Well, I really do like her. (laughs) She's cool. I'd like to talk to her about other stuff. But three times. Kidney stones? Yeah. Yeah, I made a joke. I said, we might have to record again. Take 8,642. Anyway, stop. Alicia's been blending for 11 years. Two adult stepkids and an hour's daughter who is about to turn four. Not long after they got married, she was Googling how to get divorced. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Wow. We know many of step people out there have done the same thing. Yeah. It's, unfortunately, it's not like other things you buy online. You can't just go and say, can you please give me a return label for this? Well, and yeah. Well, and two, in certain states, there's a waiting period. Yeah. South Carolina is a year that you have to live apart. Unless. Da, 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 da. Unless you're a <laughs> cheater. And then you can leave in three months. Yep. And I won't say anything other than. I was able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, don't say anything. But yeah, Alicia seems pretty cool. She really does. I just wish that these people that we meet that are on our podcast all live near us (laughs) so we can all (laughs) hang out. Yeah. We're just going to have one of those conferences or get-togethers or something. Something. All right. The hardest part of her blend has been finding her role. Dealing with insecurities, overcoming a huge amount of resentment, and not caring what others think. Mm. It's not easy not to care what other people think. No, it is not. Why do we care so much what other people think? That's not where our value should come from. Because I think everybody wants wants to be liked, and that matters what, what other people think. Now, sometimes it's not what... Everybody thinks it's what certain people think. So, like, I might care more about what you think than I care about some random person at, you know, the grocery store, for example. Yeah. So, it just depends. But, I mean, in general, people want to be seen as (laughs) likable and relatable and maybe even normal. (laughs) One surprise shocker here. 
Her husband is 16 years older than she is. You go, dude. <laughs> David. Virtual high five. Ba-bam, ba-bam. <laughs> oh, gosh. I hear you. Can I give you some of my pain medicine? <laughs> I am the pain. <laughs> you were but- yesterday. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You were very talkative yesterday. And normally, you're not a whole lot. Well, it's because I was either talk. I, I, I was uncomfortable because you're sitting <laughs> the whole time going. Arr, arr. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I did not sound like that. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's all I'm going to tell you about this episode. You'll have to go listen, listening to Alicia. Let's get to listening then. Calm down. Let's get to listening then. Much better. Today we have Alicia Crasco with the stepmom side. Hey, Alicia Crasco, how are you? Good. How are you, Lori? Doing well, doing well. So tell us a little bit about your blend. Okay, where to start? Let's see. First things first. I <laughs> know, <laughs> right? There's a lot. Let's. How much time are we going to have? Um, <laughs> as much as you need. <laughs> Great. Are you charging me for this? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like a little bit of possession. I've got two stepkids. I've got a 22-year-old stepdaughter, a 19-year-old stepson, and then my husband and I have a four-year-old, almost four-year-old, four-year-old, should be four in a couple of weeks, daughter together. And so we've got age gap there with the kids as well. Um, I've been a childless stepmom, meaning I didn't think that we were going to have our own kids, a part-time stepmom, and then a new mom, and then a full-time stepmom, like right after that. And then now, as far as like step family goes, I'm actually an empty nester. Like my stepkids are out of the house, which sounds weird to say. Um, so it's just my husband, my daughter, and I at the moment, my stepkids are out, like living their lives. So in a nutshell, like very basic, very condensed. That's what my blend is. I'm sure we'll get into it though. You went through all the stages. Yeah. Yep. Okay, folks, I interrupt this broadcast to let you know that we had technical difficulties. Surprise! Alicia had just said that her husband felt like a third wheel at times. So let's pick up with that. Or you were the third wheel. No, he was a third wheel. Like I felt like that as a stepmom. But just recently, he said to me, I feel jealous that our daughter like takes up so much time with you. Yeah. And I was just like, finally, you fucking get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know that, you know, like as a stepmom and like having kids in the house, it's just like, hello, you know, and then they're so exhausted at the end of the day. And yeah, it's just, so it was kind of, honestly, it was like vindication that I was right. I was like, yeah, I was right. I'm not crazy. They did take up a lot of time. Hmm. How's it feel? Yeah, they do. It's like the puppies that we got. Yeah. Like you said, I love them, but some days. I'm thinking, what was I thinking? My life was so calm before that. Right. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing though, Lori, is like puppies and little kids, there are so many similarities, like so many similarities. And sometimes I, you know, like joked with friends and they're like, did you just compare your daughter to a puppy? (laughs) It's really not that different, you guys. Like, it's really not that different. Like you have to make sure that, you have to get them potty trained. Like, let's start there. You have to get them potty trained. You have to try to figure out this person that can't talk or, you know, a dog that can't talk. Like, 
are like, how do, do you have to, like, you're looking for all these signals, like that they have to go to the bathroom. You have to make sure that they're fed. You have to make sure that they aren't left alone because they get destructive. You have to make sure that they don't try to kill themselves because they don't know anybody. Like, there's so many different things that you're like, I didn't realize what I was signing up for. And like, that is something that gets me because as a dog mom or as a mom, you can say, I had no idea what this was going to be like. I didn't know that it was going to be this hard to have dogs or any sort of animal or to have kids. And that's totally fine. People are like, you know what, Lori, it's okay. Once they get to be bigger dogs or, you know, give them a few years and they'll be fine. But if you're a stepmom and you say that, (laughs) how dare you? How dare you complain about kids, let alone somebody else's kids? They're not even yours. Like, how can you even complain about them? It just like blows my mind, especially having gone from a part-time stepmom to a new mom. And then I became a full-time stepmom, like right after uh, I had our daughter, like four months later. And my stepson was with us full-time, like specifically me, my husband's gone half the week. And so I was literally doing everything. My daughter was a newborn. My stepson couldn't drive. So anywhere he had to go, like it would be the three of us. Like I would just pack her up and take her along. And so I was doing all of the mom things, but dare I say that I was struggling. I could struggle with a newborn. That was totally cool because she was mine. But if I was struggling, like, you know, taking my stepson everywhere and like packing her up and blah, blah, blah. All these, well, you signed up for that because your husband had kids. Mm, but did I? No, you married him on the marriage license. It didn't say, and I now become the parent of such and such. Yeah. But you know what? There are people that will fight you tooth and nail saying, yeah, you did. Yeah. And to that I say, but legally, I don't have any responsibility for them. Not just any responsibility, but any rights. Correct. Yeah. That's sorry. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Literally, I don't have any right. So my stepson was with us full time and I would have to take him to the doctor. Like he plays football and he had gotten hurt and Okay. So here I am, the three of us, a newborn, just 15 year old and me. And we've got the same last name, of course, but I'm like, who are you? And he's like, that's my stepmom. So right away you get like the side eye, right? Like who the hell is she to be making any sort of medical decisions or whatever. So I'd have to conference in his dad or his mom and be like, okay, so here's the situation. You know, what do you think we should do? It's not like I can just make a decision. So yeah, I've got all of the responsibility of raising this kid, but absolutely none of the authority. And that is even with me having an awesome relationship with my stepson. We are super close, but still at the end of the day, I'm not his mom. I'm not his dad. I don't have that legal right to just make decisions. Now, do his parents trust me to make decisions? Yeah, they do. But it's still, even though I'm close to him, it's still a weird situation to be in because I feel like this imposter sitting in this doctor's office pretending, but not pretending to be his mom. Like as weird as that sounds, like I'm not trying to like lie and say that I'm his mom because I'm not, you know, on the form, my right stepmom, but I'm the one that's there with him. And so they just naturally assume like, oh, you're his mom. No, I'm not actually his mom. (laughs) You know, then there's like the nervous laughter and like the, oh, you're just his stepmom. I'm like, yeah, just, even though 
I'm a full-time stepmom, but we won't get into that because I know that you don't understand. Yes. <laughs> no, it's just, it's so like, it's such a mind screw of like, well, what is your role then? Like, where are you? Like, who are you? Exactly. And for each person that may look different. Right. Yeah. Well, especially like in my situation. So I was a sporadic part-time stepmom at the very beginning. Like it depended on my husband's schedule. You know, like when we had them, like typically it was Thursday through Sunday. And then it was Thursday through Saturday. And then he changed positions at work. And so then it was like all over the board. Like we, you know, fit the kids in like when his schedule allowed. And so it was just kind of like all over. And then, you know, we went through parental alienation and I was completely disengaged. Like I did it the wrong way. And then, you know, then I got a hold of myself and I learned how to do it the right way. And then then I became a full-time stepmom, like at the beginning of my stepmom career, if you will. That's kind of funny to say career. I would never, ever, 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 ever in a million years have guessed that I would become a full-time stepmom. Ever. Never. No way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we went through alienation and I was like, absolutely not. No way would I ever have them full-time. And then I moved into their house. And so, you know, I was counting the days until we could move. My husband had promised the kids that he would stay in this house until they graduated high school. So 2019, we have our daughter, my stepdaughter graduates high school. And then 2022 last year, my stepson graduates high school. And I'm like, yes, like we're free. We can move. We can go wherever we want. And we did fly out to Colorado and like house hunt there, like where we wanted. And then like the sticker shock happened and we've completely renovated our house. Like literally everything is different. Like it doesn't look like their house anymore. It's now our house. Um, Mm -hmm. But so we've decided to stay here. And if you can believe this, it was actually my idea. Like we should just stay here. We've completely redone it. We like it. Are there things that we would change? Yeah. We would change the layout, whatever, but it's, it's not like you can just snap your fingers and like change the layout of the house. Right. But we've put so much into it that I'm like, we love it now. Like, let's just stay here. And my husband had to like pick his jaw up off the floor and say, what did you just say? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I think we should just stay here. But yeah, I would never have guessed that I would be a full-time stepmom. Would never have guessed that I, I would be the one to say, let's just stay in this house that I hated for years and years and years. It's just like, it's wild how things change. So yeah, whatever happens at the beginning of your stepfamily life or your stepmom journey, like might not be what it's going to look like 10 years in. Yeah. And things change quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when, how are things when you met his kids? Like with the kids, with my partner, like, or my husband, mm-hmm. like I, okay. So we have a 16 year age gap difference, like my husband and I. Oh, say that again. We have a 16 year age gap difference. 16 years. Yeah. So my stepdaughter and I actually have a 15 year age gap. And then I'm right in the middle of like my stepson. Well, a little, I'm actually closer to my husband than my stepson age wise. And, but my stepson and my daughter are 16 years apart, almost They're like 15 and a half. So it was great. Like for them, I was just like, kind of like this big sister. I was just like this fun person. And cause it was fun. Like I wasn't here all the time. I was only here every once in a while. And my dad, my dad, their dad was 
a Disneyland dad. Like it was all about like, let's have fun or, you know, like let's do things. When I was living in Dallas, I was living with a girlfriend and she had a daughter and I was always like taking this daughter to like do things. You know, we would like bake cupcakes or we would, you know, we'd get like white canvas shoes and we would paint them or we'd do like super crafty things or like super fun stuff. And we'd go ice skating like the Millennium Mall there. I would always be like taking her and doing like something fun. Well, that's what I thought it would be like with my stepkids. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was in for a rude awakening. I did not realize the politics that were going to come with doing things like that with my stepkids, or I didn't realize like how hard it was going to be to have a close relationship with them and why it was going to be hard to have a close relationship with them. So it was good at first. And then we got married. And I think everyone was like, oh, God, she's staying. (laughs) Yeah, she's not going anywhere, folks. Yeah, she's, oh, God, she's staying here. And then, and I was struggling, to be 100% honest with you. I was really struggling. Like, it was, for me, it was chaos because sometimes the kids would do things that would be okay one day. And then the next day they would do the exact same thing. This is at our house. And then they would do things the next day and it wasn't okay. And so I remember, you know, saying to my husband, Hey, we, he and I had agreed to this set of expectations and you can't just enforce it whenever you feel like enforcing it. Because if I'm confused as the adult, I can only imagine how confused they are as the kids. And so then we sat down and came up with house expectations and we did it with the kids, which I thought I was going to puke the entire time we had this little family meeting because I was like, this is awkward. I wasn't raised in a situation like that where you ask for people's opinions or you collaborated on something. It was just my way or the highway as far as like parenting went. So that's how I started out and with my stepkids and that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that doesn't go well. So yeah, we came up with these house expectations. And then not instantaneously, but within a few months, like the chaos was no longer there. But I still, it was almost like I had PTSD from all of the stuff that I had gone through. Like I was still on eggshells. I was still anxious on transition days. I was still in my own head about the kids hate me because the only reason why all of these changes happened were because I came into the picture. Like if I wasn't here, then, you know, everything would just be like whatever it was before. And that would be so much easier for everyone else. You know, like all of like the negative talk that you can do. And there were times, you know, like I said, my very first year of marriage, I spent a lot of time Googling how to get divorced. There were times that I just couldn't break the cycle of if I wasn't here, Meaning like if we weren't married, not like I wasn't suicidal, but if we were, if I wasn't here, they would be happier because I just, I couldn't see outside of myself. Yes. So crazy. And I was like that, the same thing. Yeah. Okay, good. Tell me. Well, I remember asking David if he wished I would die. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah. Because that's how I felt. I felt like. I can relate to that though. Everybody hated me. The stepkids hated me. The in-laws hated me. I hated me at that point. The only good thing going good was my son, which he was just, he was young. So mm-hmm. he wasn't as affected by stuff, but 
it just it felt like everybody would be better if I was just gone. Mm-hmm. And it was such a crappy feeling. But like you, I was so wrapped up in how I felt. I couldn't even consider that the stepkids were going through anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And David's big on don't play victim. And oh my gosh, are we are married to the same person? Well, oh I, I don't know about you, but when he said that to me, it didn't go over very well. It sure as hell didn't. No, nope, it did not. And I'm thinking, I'm not playing victim. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody is throwing daggers at me. So how am I playing victim? Oh, it, it, it pissed me off. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like that at all. And you're already struggling. And then you've got somebody making comments like that. And you're like, what the crap? Are you on my team or not? Yeah. You want me here or not? Yeah. And that's the thing is we <laughs> did get to a point that honestly, if I had not sold my house, we wouldn't have made it. I'd, I'd have left. Mm-hmm. And at one point, David had mentioned Maybe you can go get another house and or get somewhere else to stay and we can try to figure this out and find a better way to quote, quote, blend. And I said, if I leave, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all in or all out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to uproot my son and all that yeah. crap again. I was like, no, either or we try to work this out or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. There's no, let's move Lori down the road. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I know people that has worked for I think if you start like that, you know, like looking back, I'm like, you know what? That's actually not a bad marriage model. It wouldn't work for me. Like I would miss my husband. Well, I would miss what we had now, but like in those early years, like that totally would have worked for me because it did work for us. You know, I was living in Dallas and he was here in Michigan. So I'm like that it worked because I, all I had to do was put on my happy face for a weekend, right? Like anybody can fake it for a weekend. And I was so removed from everything that was going on that, and he did an amazing job of sheltering me, but I didn't understand what actually being a stepmom was until I was here in it. And then I was like, oh God, (gasps) What did I sign up for? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was signing up for this. Nobody knew. It's like when you get a job and say you sign up, quote, quote, to mm-hmm. do customer service. And the next thing you know, they're saying, oh, well, we want you to order office supplies. Well, that's purchasing. Oh, well, we want you to do this. Well, that's something else. It's not what you signed up for. Is that what you're going to tell the person that hired you? Yeah, right. No. And you never know what things are going to entail. But just like in a job, you don't go bust up and sit in the CEO's office at his desk and prop your feet up and say, oh, this is what I'm doing now. Well, that's what I did in my early years as a stepmom. And that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, I, we did everything wrong. We did everything wrong. Oh my wrong. gosh. Yeah. I could. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually, the my emails that I send out, I typically send that on a Monday. And they're, but they're all about like stories that like things that I've done wrong or things that have happened to me. Like the last two... Last week or this week, wait, what is today? Thursday. So Monday, I sent an email out and it was about how I was called the ex's name again. You know, we've been together for years, like over a decade. And it just happened this Sunday. It was called the ex's name. And uh, there was a story in there from the year that we got married 
so it was a birthday celebration for me and it happened and some other things happened and like how that night transpired terribly. Let me just be honest. But then, you know, the emails that I get from other stepmoms that are like, what, this is your story. I would never have guessed that like based on, you know, what they see now. And I'm like, right. The story vault that I could tell you, but I love sharing those things because in those emails, I also get, I feel so much less alone. I feel normal. I feel less crazy because everyone tells me that I'm crazy. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, same here. Um, But yeah, it's just all of the emotions that you experience as a stepmom. I can promise you the stepmom that's standing next to you, that's not saying anything has felt those exact same Mm -hmm. things. You know, like you, like same thing, your husband, don't play the victim. Like my husband used to say the exact same thing, or no one asked you to be the martyr. Oh my gosh. Let me oh, see. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. Definitely not my shiniest moments when he would say things like that. But you know what? He was right. That's the thing that, like, now I can look back and say, he was right. I was playing victim, I was being the martyr. I, I couldn't get a hold of myself because I, I couldn't see five feet in front of me because I was so enveloped in everything. I could have freaking won a gold medal for taking things personally. Like that was, that was my go-to. Like I could take anything personally and I could take things personally for him. And he would say, Alicia, I don't need you to be mad on my behalf. I don't need you to be angry about whatever is happening on my behalf, I can decide if I want to be angry. You don't have to do that for me. Right. And I'm like, well, you should be mad. <laughs> here, I'm so good at running my life. Let me run yours. So help me out here. Okay. So the whole, you can see now that you were trying to be a martyr. I can see that too with myself. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm not there saying that I could see that I was playing victim. Maybe I don't understand the definition of playing victim. I can say it because I literally, Lori, was looking for every single thing to be wrong. And I was looking for every single way that everyone was slighting me. If it could even remotely tiny, 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 tiny little amount be a slight towards me. A hundred percent. It was definitely against me. They did it because they hated me. They did it. It was everything that they, anyone, it didn't matter if it was the in-laws, the kids, the ex, my husband, it didn't matter who it was. If I could use whatever anyone was saying against me, a hundred percent I was. And now I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he was right. I, I definitely was over overthinking everything. I was overly sensitive about everything, but here's the thing. I didn't know any better. I didn't yeah. know. Right. I can look back now with clarity, right? Cause 2020 hindsight all the time, hundred percent. You can always look back with hindsight's always 2020. There we go. Right. And say, dang, you know what? He's right. Having said that he can be right. And I can also say, but I didn't know any better. Those two, they are not mutually exclusive. Like they both can be true at the same time. So yeah, he could be right. But I, to be honest with you, wasn't mature enough to understand what he was saying or even mature enough to even try to listen to what he was saying because damn it, I was right. And it didn't matter what you said. I was choosing to be right instead of choosing to be happy at that point. 
And I can look back and say, not that he was right 100% of the time, but there are times that it was an anthill and I definitely made situations a mountain. Mm-hmm. I made them Kilimanjaro times 100. Well, now see, if you put it that way, yes, I was playing victim because I was looking for everything. Everything. That everybody was doing wrong. Yep. Anything that was said, I did take personally. Mm-hmm. But I 100% believe that it was directed at me. I still believe yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't know. That's a hard thing. And that's just because I hate that phrase of your playing victim. Me too. That's why it pissed me off. Yeah. But did it piss me off or piss you off because it was true? Yep. It sure did. I don't know, girl. I'm still riding the fence. Right. I'm going to have to look up proper definitions of playing the victim and examples because I'm like, mm. I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it was a reality. Yeah. Okay. I got to work on that. So I just looked it up and it says playing victim. I already don't like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing victim, also known or victim playing, also known as playing the victim, victim card, or self-victimization, is the fabrication or exaggeration of victimhood for a variety of reasons, such as to justify abuse to others, to manipulate others, a coping strategy, attention-seeking, or diffusion of responsibility. Diffusion of responsibility is what it was for me. I didn't want to own my part in everything that I was doing as a stepmom. I wanted the attention. I wasn't getting the attention. Like I said, like I, a big thought for me to like overcome for having our daughter was I am still going to have to share my husband. Like I wanted to keep him, but it was a coping strategy too. Everyone else is struggling. Okay. But what about me? Like, I'm also struggling here. Like let's, yeah. So there were parts of it that I'm like, oh yeah, that was definitely me. I, I definitely did that. Yeah. Does it feel good to say that? No. Maybe I'm just in denial. Whether that there's that, yeah. <laughs> example of playing the victim is blaming others for your feelings or situations. Did you do that? Well, I've always owned my feelings because if you did something to me and it made me mad, I allow myself to be mad. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that, I didn't. So I get that part. <laughs> I also owned up to my responsibility in things. Okay. Maybe not right at the same day he said that about playing victim, but what was the first part? Blaming other people or or like blaming others for your feelings or situation. So blaming other people or circumstances for negative feelings or events that happen in your life. Could totally see this as a stepmom. Right. The only reason why all of this stupid stuff is happening is because your kids or your ex or your family or your whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my situation... The kids hated me because I would tell them to brush their teeth or I would tell them to clean up and their dad wouldn't. So, okay, how does that make me the victim? So the victimhood mindset, you blame others for the way your life is. You truly think life is against you. You have trouble coping with problems in your life and feel powerless against them. Bingo. You feel stuck in life and approach things with a negative attitude. Um, 100%. I felt trapped. I didn't sign up for this. Holding grudges. Yep. It says they have trouble being assertive. That was not my problem. Yeah, it was not my problem either. And it did not serve me well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just. Um, I wasn't 100% of the time, but. Right. And, you know, looking at this, 
maybe there was a time period. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all the time, but yeah, for sure. That I did play victim because reading the stuff, I'm like, no, that's not me. But I could see some of this when things were so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was only when things were really, really bad. When things were good, dang, were they good. But when things were bad, whoo, were they bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that we have to remember as step parents or parents even, or even wives, as we are, whoever we are, we have to remember that there's going to be ups and downs in everything. Mm -hmm. If we focus on the downs, that's what we're going to keep having. Right. What we focus on will grow. If we focus on the ups, the downs won't seem so bad. Right. And you have to have downs to appreciate the ups. Yes. I always, you know, a huge question I get in my DMs is, if you knew now, or if you knew then what you knew now, would you marry your husband again? And without hesitation, the answer is yes. Now, having said that, could I do without like my first three or four years of marriage? Uh, Yeah, yes, please. But had I not gone through all of that and done all of that work, we would not have the marriage that we have now. Like now it's pretty easy. We don't ever fight. Our stepkids are out of the house. We've settled into our group. Like everything is good. I've done a lot of personal growth, personal work, and you know, don't take things personally, or I can see outside of myself now. But yeah, as much as I would like to erase or pretend like those first years didn't happen, it's like the butterfly effect, right? If you take that away, like what would now look like? I, you know what? I don't want to know because I appreciate now. Like I appreciate how much has changed and how much better we are together. Yep. And I see that too. We get it all the time, DMs, Facebook group, whatever, where people say, if you had the chance to do this all over again, would you? 99% of people say no. Yeah. Right away. Without hesitation. I would. Yeah. I'd go through every pain, every tear, all that again, because number one, it helped me grow as a person. Holy crap. Yeah. That I don't think any other situation could have. Yep. Number two, it strengthened our marriage like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Not not that our marriage is perfect. D- David drives me crazy, but. Yeah. Know. I feel like if you can survive like the teenage years of step parenting, like literally you can survive anything. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, that not only that, but my son saw us fight for our marriage. Mm-hmm. He knows that marriages aren't disposable. Yeah. But I think mainly it would be the growth in myself. Girl, I used to be the person that I said what everybody else didn't have the guts to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. If it popped in my head, it was out of my it was mouth. coming out. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily crude. My sister was crude. She would just say really bad stuff. But I, did, I still don't sugarcoat things. But I actually pause and think before I speak. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it's, oh, well, you, obviously, you want to know what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. That was me too. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but through this whole process, I've been able to understand how different everybody is. And everybody needs something different. Right. And it's taught me to change my perspective on things, 
It's taught me to pause before I speak. It's taught me to offer grace and compassion that sometimes maybe I wouldn't have. What a concept, huh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And mainly, I think that it's taught me that if you fight for something and put the work in it, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, my husband was the first guy that I was ever willing to compromise with. And like that said something to me. But then going through all of that, like there were so many times that I was like, why am I even doing this? But just like you said, like the growth that happens for you individually, I never would have gotten. And you know what? I would still be doing those same things. Like I remember my husband saying, Alicia, we have got to work on you being more diplomatic. And I was like, why? Everyone knows where they stand. And he's like, yeah, that's not always a good thing. I know. Like, okay, well, that's their problem. That's not mine. But I, what I've come to realize is that you can say the exact same thing. You can get the exact same message across. You can be firm and direct and kind. You don't have to be guns blazing 24 seven. You can still be kind. Right. And then, so like that really changed a lot. Like it changed my parenting too. Like I said, like, you know, coming in guns blazing, you will do this. It's my way or the highway. Kind of like my, my, my own mom did like doesn't work with kids, but it also doesn't work with stepkids. So it's like changed everything. Like there's so much growth that comes from being a stepmom. If you're willing to do the work, it's, it's not easy. It's not the prettiest work, but it's unbelievably rewarding. Yep. It is. It is. I know we joke that blended family years are like dog years. But <laughs> instead of seven years, it's 10 years. Right. Yeah. And, but I do feel like that the growth and the wisdom that we have obtained through this is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's wild because then now look like you've got Nacho Kids Academy and I'm a stepmom coach. Like I never would have thought that. Mm-hmm. I don't like I didn't talk publicly about being a stepmom until like two years ago, ever at all, because God forbid, like my husband see it or my stepkids see it or the ex sees it or my in-laws see it like, oh, my gosh. Or what if somebody knew that I was actually struggling? Um, newsflash. Everyone struggle, struggles as a step parent. It doesn't matter if you're a stepmom or a stepdad. I think stepmoms struggle a little bit differently because there's so many more societal pressures. You know, like stepdads are like, oh, they're wonderful because they it's a damsel in distress situation where stepmoms are, you know, automatically assumed to be like homewreckers with the other woman or, you know, it's it's different, but still everyone struggles. Yes. But also like whoever you're married to, they are struggling. The kids are struggling. The ex is also struggling. Like everyone is struggling. And more chances than not, nobody's, none of those players in that game, not really like game, but like none of those people in that situation have been in this role before. And everyone's just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so like that grace thing that you were talking about, you know, my expectations we're incredibly high. You know, like I used to joke with my friends, like pre-stepmom life, like I'm so good at running my life. Like, let me run yours. It That doesn't work like as a stepmom, like you can't do that. You can't come in and like fix something that you didn't break. But my expectations were through the roof. 
unattainable. Like there were times that I struggled to meet my own expectations, but yet I'm holding everyone else accountable. Kids, nonetheless, to my adult expectations. I know. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just it, crazy things that I can look back now and be like, what a freaking nut job. <laughs> no wonder people hated me. I know. No wonder I was the pariah for years and years. Oh, I love that word. I love that word. Oh my God. I was though. Like a hundred percent. I totally was. Yeah. And you know what? I don't, now I don't care. Yeah. I just, I remember when I first started not showing it, honest to God felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And instantly you could see the cloud move away from our house. Right. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing how quickly once Lori calmed down. Right. And we have a friend that she says the woman is the thermostat of the home. A hundred percent. I totally agree to that. Yes. But I also think if little Johnny comes in and is pissy, he's going to make everybody else that way. I think that's true if you're if little Johnny is a stepkid. If it's your own kid, I don't think that's true. Right. Yes. And I think that's what people don't understand because as a stepmom, there were times when my stepkids would come here and they wouldn't be in the best mood. I didn't know then, but I know now. A lot of the times it didn't have anything to do with me, but I took that personally. Mm-hmm. They're pissed because they're because I'm here. They're mad because they came here to see their dad and they didn't come here to see me. And let's be honest, that's at that time, like that's what they were doing. They were coming to see their dad. They weren't coming to see me, which is another like hard pill to swallow. But once I got over myself, I was like, well, duh, of course, that's why they're coming here. And they're supposed to. But yeah, if it's your stepkid, like you're already like in this weird situation of what can I do? What can I say? What can I do? What can't I say? But if it's your own kid, you can go and be there for them without the fear of repercussions of like, why did you overstep your boundaries? Why did you do that? Why are you trying to pretend to like be their mom? I'm not trying to pretend to be their mom. Like I'm just being supportive. Like I just want to be there for them. Right. And you're doing it. You just want to help. Right. You're not trying to make everybody feel like they're living in the in boot camp or anything, but you're just trying to help. But it comes across wrong. Yeah. Because we don't have that authority. And when I say authority, I mean with the children. Correct. But I also think that the people on the other side that have a problem with you stepping in and trying to help, they need to also look in the mirror and understand why is this upsetting to me? Why is this bothering me that Lori is trying to help the kids? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's your husband. It doesn't matter if it's their mom. It doesn't matter if you're your in-laws, society, whoever. If you are a stepmom and you're trying to be there and be supportive and it's welcomed, let's start with it's welcomed by the kids. Why does it matter what anyone else thinks? one more person to love them and be there for them. And that's a problem. Right. Understand. Yeah. And this is a person that the kid feels safe with. You know, I, my stepson and I, like I said, are super close and he's come to me to tell me about 
whatever this thing, whatever it could be like friend problems or work or whatever. And what am I going to do? Just why well, can't talk to you about this? Cause I'm not your mom and I'm not your dad. Mm-hmm. No, he chose to come and talk to me. He feels safe coming and talk to me, coming to talk to me. He, you know, knows that I'm going to be there. I'm going to be supportive. I'm not going to judge him. I'm going to listen. You know, I will offer him advice if he wants advice, you know, some, and you know, we got this thing where like, I just want you to listen. Cool. I will just listen. And I'm not in, and I have said from day one to them, like, I'm not your mom and I'm not your dad. I can't help you. If you lie to me, I'm always going to be on your team. If you want me to just listen, just say, Hey, I want you to just listen to this. If you want some advice, say, Hey, I've got an issue. Like, can you give me some advice? Right. And it's, yeah, it's all about whatever relationship you guys make. And then you, it's really hard, but you kind of have to just like shut out what everyone else thinks, even though you get wrapped up in it. Yeah. So you get that confidence to be like, you know what? Yeah. That's what everyone else thinks. Like this is working for us. It doesn't matter what they think. Right. Exactly. And it's hard to get there too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because there's 800 things that you can do. You're overwhelmed on like where to start first, blah, blah, blah. You've got to start with your confidence as a stepmom mm-hmm. and understand like what you can control, what you can change, what changes you can make. And I, I'm like hundred percent guilty of this, but I was like, I don't need to make any changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when guess what? <laughs> you yeah. were the one that needed to make the most changes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could sit here and finger point what well, Lori did this and the kids are doing that and blah, 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 blah and never once was that finger pointed at me because when I told you earlier, like I chose to be right. I didn't choose to be happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had so much of like my own baggage and my own drama and my own everything that I brought that I was willing to look the other way on, but I didn't realize like how much I actually needed to change. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be so easy for us to look at it and say, oh, well, it's all my fault. And then get down in the dumps about it. Right. And start having a pity party and playing victim. (laughs) But when we look at it as we can change, the change is better for us, but it's also better for everybody around us. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a, oh, Lori, you're a horrible person. It's, Lori, this isn't working. What can you do to make it better? Right. And I think that there's a lot of, not shame, but I think that there's a lot of ego in the way of saying, of actually like taking that hard look at yourself and saying, oh, yeah. I am playing a part in this too, right? Because we don't want to think that we're, that we've got a part in adding to the drama or adding to whatever else. Mm-hmm. But there's a good chance that you are. I did 100%. Like I did. At the time, I was like, no, I'm not psycho. But I did. Yeah, for sure. And it's, there's a lot of growth that has to happen for somebody to say, oh, you know what? I'm actually not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Here's the role that I'm playing. Let me work on 
controlling my emotions. Let me work on the words that are coming out of my mouth because they're not coming out in a nice way. Let me work on how I'm taking care of myself and not just throwing myself you know, into the kids and my husband and making sure that everything is perfect because it doesn't need to be perfect. Right. Let me work on my own expectations and not stress myself out. There's so many things that, yeah, I needed to work on that. I was like, I didn't bring any marriage. I mean, I didn't bring any baggage to this marriage. You did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a huge lie. Yes. And it's not easy to look at yourself and say, okay, what part am I contributing into this? Yeah. But then also sometimes you have to say, why is it so important to me that I prove to my husband that his kids are not angels? Right. Why do we get so caught up in that? Right. It's yeah. about, you sit at the dinner table and you're eating and you're just waiting for little yep. Johnny you, to do yes. something. Mm-hmm. Just so you can go, oh, oh, did you see what he did? Did you see what he did? What are you going to do about it? Right. Okay. That is another thing. Okay. In the last few months, I had a couple of stepmoms that I'm coaching and the kids are older. So they're not like four or five. They're older. So they know. So I would say 12 to 16. So old enough that you can have a conversation with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And same situation, same exact scenarios. You're at, because I used to, oh my gosh, I wanted to be anywhere, but at the dinner table anywhere. And it showed, it showed, I showed up like that. I showed up, like, I want to be anywhere, but here. And everyone knew and it was so awkward and so uncomfortable. (laughs) And I was just like, see, they hate me because they're not talking to me. Well, first of all, like, let's get a hold of yourself in this thing. That was you, but there would be things that would happen. And here I'm, this is so hilarious here. I'm trying to like covertly, not very well, but covertly tell my husband, like, did you see that? And he's like, what, what? And I'm like, you're blowing my cover. <laughs> I'm gonna like, What in the world? Like, did you not just see that? And so then I got to the point of like, I'm just going to say something to the stuck kids. I'm just going to say something to them right when it's happening. And it took me a while to perfect what I was going to say and like, take the anger part out of it and just say things to them. Rather than trying to get my husband to say something, because let's be honest, he's not going to say what I want him to say. He's not going to handle it how I want him to handle it. He doesn't even want to handle it. And I'm still going to be pissed. So I just got to the point where I started to say things to the kids. And with these stepmoms that I'm coaching, they're like, what? I can just talk to them about it? And I'm like, yes, you can talk to them about it. But, and this is a big thing that I practice with the stepmoms that I coach. You've got to practice what you're going to say. Please learn from my mistakes. <laughs> do not do not come unglued at the dinner table and say, what? You know, and just flip out. Uh, you know, like one thing that I used to say was, hey, you just mumbled something. Well, I didn't hear you. What can you repeat that, please? But I had to undo the tone in that because if you heard it, it kind of sounds snarky. And but what I like the first time I said it, um, you just mumbled something and I didn't hear what you said. Can you please repeat that? Because that sounds really nice. That sounds really welcoming. And that doesn't sound like an attack is about to happen. Right. <laughs> then he'd be like, Hey, I didn't hear what you said. Can you repeat it? Or what was that? And it's about practicing how you're going to say something and getting it right. And there have been times where I've been on coaching calls and I've had stepmoms say, can I just practice these things with you? Can you hear how it sounds? I'm like, Absolutely. 
And I'm like, this sounds super nerdy and super dorky, but if you practice it in front of a mirror, you can see your facial expressions, which might not match what's coming out of your mouth. Um, I can see your facial expressions and it, it doesn't look really good. But then if you practice it and you've got it down, when that situation presents yourself, you can say it and not set off a bomb and have like, you're not going to flip out. The stepkids aren't going to flip out. You're not going to ruin dinner or whatever it is that you're doing, because that's something that used to just grate my nerves. My husband would be like, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to ruin Christmas or I don't want to ruin a birthday or I don't want to ruin the night. They were only here for the night, whatever, where I'm like, I don't care. Set the bomb off. But then I'm like, oh yeah, he's right. We don't have to ruin it, Alicia. You can still get your point across without being a complete jerk. This is why people don't like you. Like you're just a complete jerk sometimes. And what I noticed was I was on eggshells about what I thought that the kids were going to do or what I thought my husband was going to do or whatever situation was going to happen. All of these made up situations that I had in my head, which most of them never even happened, but that's a different story. But then everyone else was on eggshells because they were like, this is a loose cannon here. We don't know what she's going to say or do. And so I had to own like, okay, everyone is on edge because I'm going to blow a gasket. They, they know that I'm like two seconds away from blowing a gasket for ridiculous things, a weird glance or, you know, something that the kids said or did that I didn't like. Yeah. It was just, you can say something to the kids, but you've got to work on how you're going to deliver it mm -hmm. rather than putting your partner in the middle because my husband would say that like, I just, I feel like you're a big tattletale and I feel like I'm stuck in the middle. Like I have to choose between you and the kids and I'm not going to make anyone happy. Like I want them to still want to come here. <laughs> so I'm nitpicking everything they say because you're looking for everything. They're not going to want to come here. And now I can look back and say, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to come either. Yeah. But yeah, I love that you like get it about the dinner table. Oh yes. My God. What do you think makes, and we'll say women mostly, okay, come in and try to take control? And it does seem to be mostly women. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it's because the role of women has always been take care of the house and the kids. Mm -hmm. But I know I came in full force of, Y'all, I'm going to help y'all be the best adults you could ever be. Yeah, because that's my job and I'm taking it over. Right. No one asked. And it's not like I thought that David was a crappy parent before we got married. I thought he was a good parent. But you were better, right? Well, of course. I didn't think that till after we got married, though. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. After we got married and I'm here all the time, I'm like, the kids don't do crap. Mm-hmm. They just run amok. They do whatever they want to. They can act like it's a gymnasium and everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay with me. Don't jump on my couch. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to say something to you. Yes. Yes. And then they're thinking, oh, well, before Lori got here, we could jump on the couch. Right. Yes. That, oh my gosh. Yeah. I felt like that too. Like one of the reasons why I was hated. Well, we were, everything was perfect until Alicia showed up, but she's the one that made all the changes. My dad would never have done this, mm -hmm. but it's Alicia's fault. Yes. Everything is your fault. Even if it wasn't. 
Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's easy to blame the stepmom, but you know what? At first, this is so funny. Like it's funny how like the pendulum swings at first that I was just like, everyone hates me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was the one that made all the changes. Oh, look, see, everyone hates me because of this. And then I got to the point of like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Hate me. That's cool. I don't care. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then now like, it's not even something I think about. I'm like, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I like lived and died by other people's opinions of if they thought I was nice or kind, or if they liked me or if they didn't. And now I'm like, let me burn this, but no, I'm just kidding. I don't burn <laughs> just typically anymore. I mean, I did for a while. It was like a badge of honor, which I know <laughs> like a different story to like dissect. But I was like, I remember one of my shiniest moments, sarcasm for sure. But I remember saying to my husband, something had happened. And he was like, Alicia, we don't need to rock the boat. And Lori, you would have seen, if you could have just seen the situation play out, this this is hilarious. I'm going to paint it for you. So we're just having like a normal conversation about whatever happened. And I'm like, you know what? You need to say this and you need to, you know, not that I was trying to control anything that he ever did, but if I was, (laughs) Mm -hmm. say this, do that. You know, I'm like telling him all of these things that he needs to say and do. And Honestly, like if I was in his situation, I'd be like, whoa, um, this one's off a rocker. But he was just like always the voice of reason, you know, the calm in the storm. And, you know, he's got ice water in his veins. I swear, like the guy like never like loses his cool. Me, on the other hand, working on it, but hot headed for sure. And so I'm like going off on this list of like things that he needs to do. And he's like, Alicia, it's not a big deal. Like, we don't need to rock the boat. I went from zero to 8,000 in about 0.2 seconds. Uh-huh. And I'm like, the Hulk now, I'm like rage screaming, like veins popping out of my neck. And I'm like, you don't want to rock the boat? Why? I'm going to capsize it. Watch this. And we capsized the boat and it didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you would have thought like at that point that I would say, Okay, maybe we don't need to capsize the boat. But I was like, you know what? I'm capsizing every single boat that I see now. Watch, if it's not going to go my way, no one's getting their way. Right. And I'm going to burn every bridge and I'm going to just destroy everything. Watch this. So I was just, I sabotaged everything. And I look back and I'm like, why? But then I'm like, you know what? It was, this sounds so dorky. But it was like my inner child being like, you know, I was painfully shy, like as a kid, painfully shy. Like I never talked, huge people pleaser. And I had gone from like people pleasing to capsizing every boat and like burning every bridge to like finding that happy medium of like what I realized was like that seven-year-old shy little girl was trapped in an adult body and was like, I'm not being heard. And at seven years old, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to flip out. Like, you're that's that's all you know. You don't have, like, coping strategies. You don't have coping mechanisms. Like, you just freak out. Like, that's what kids do. Right. So but like, we yeah. expect them to handle it better than an adult would. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Earlier, like I said, like, I had adult expectation for these kids. And what I needed to do was parent myself mm-hmm. and parent my own inner child. Like, the things that I didn't get as a kid that I'm like, Hey, this guy is not out to get you. Like he's on your team. It didn't matter how many times 
if my husband could have grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me to like a week of Sundays and said, Alicia, I'm on your team. And I still would have laughed in his face and been like, no, you're not. Cause he was out to get me. Right. Like everyone was out to get me. And I'm like, you're married to this guy. Mm-hmm. He's not out to get you. He's, you know, so I mean, we'd gone to marriage counseling, but then I went by myself because I was like, what is happening? Like who, like, I didn't recognize who I was. I'm like, what happened? Like I was, you know, easygoing, like could go with the flow, like not a big deal to all of a sudden, like at the drop of a hat, like this crazy person, like literally like I felt like a crazy person. Uh-huh. Yes. And all alone and bat crap crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sabotaging. I'm doing it. I'm sabotaging our relationship. It's not even him. It has nothing to do with the kids. They don't, they don't even have to be here. And I could be flipping out about something that they did. Who brought them up? I did. Who brought up whatever? I did. My <laughs> husband didn't. He didn't yep. bring up any of it. And I'm like, you, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to like get a hold of myself and I was like, okay, what is happening? And that's when I realized, oh, little miss, I didn't bring any drama or baggage to the marriage. Sure did. And I, you know, here I am like, you need to deal with all of your own stuff. Like you're the one that brought all of this stuff. Not ever once taking a second to hold that mirror up to myself. Mm -hmm. And once I did, and I realized, you know, we talked earlier about like the work that you have to do as a stepmom is like the hardest, but like the best, most rewarding work that you'll do. I was like, oh, that's who they see in this mirror. Yikes. Uh (laughs) Yes. And then that's like the catalyst for all of the changes that I had to make. And yeah, like you said, once you did the work on yourself, your house returned to normal mm-hmm. or like turned into something that you enjoyed being at or being around. I enjoy, I like myself again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I might, I probably could have given myself a heart attack. My heart would race. My like hands would be sweaty. I'd be on edge. Like, oh my gosh, it's transition day. Like I can't even go to pick up and drop off because I'm like, <gasps> like freaked out and yeah, I would like hide out like in our bathroom, like doing my nails. Like I did my nails every single week, like conveniently at the time of like transition time. Like I just would hide out and like so much so that I don't even remember which step kid it was. It was like, does Alicia even like us? She's always like in your guys' bedroom because I had set up a kid-free zone. I was like, they can't, no, no, sir. I need space where I can just like get a hold of myself and know that they're not going to like walk in. Right. Yes. Yeah, was, I I definitely had to do the work. I was definitely a crazy person. God love my husband for actually staying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We look back and it's like, oh, uh, well, I think we're both crazy to stay. Right. Yeah. Yep. But you don't realize like how much you bring on your own as a stepmom. Yeah. Because it's easy to point fingers about everyone else. It is. It is. So what is the best advice that you would give someone getting ready to get into a blend? Get help early and often. Get support. I guess not help, but get support early and often. Because I think that people are like, I don't need help because that's what I would have said. Yeah. I would have said, I don't need help. I'm not the problem. And if somebody would have said, oh, well, you just need to step back and not parent. I'd be like, well, that's the stupidest crap I've ever heard because everything we read said that I should play mom. Yep. Yep. And they expect me to. 
everyone expects me to. So that's just, I guess what I'm going to do. But yeah, I always say get help early and often, like on my DMs, like when, you know, cause I've had people that aren't married yet reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, I'm about to be a stepmom. We're getting married, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's awesome. Congratulations. Good for you. Get help early and often. I don't say that because I'm a stepmom coach. I don't say that because I've got a private, you know, stepmom community. I say that because you need it. And in order for your relationship and your marriage, once you finally get married, married to survive, you're going to need it because there is no manual on how to be a stepmom. There is tons and tons and tons and tons of advice on what to do. And if you are just going to try to like wing it, it is not going to work. Ask me how I know it's not going to work. And it's like the craziest thing because you desperately want this to work and you're doing everything and you're on this hamster wheel and you're running and running and running and running and running, but nothing's changing. Nothing is getting better. And you're like, I don't know what to do. I've done everything. You might be doing everything, but if it doesn't, cause this was me, if it doesn't work right away, I'm not doing it again. I didn't get the results fast enough. I'm not doing it. It's not working. So I'm not doing it. So I'm on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But I didn't give myself or anyone else time to adjust to like a new way that I was showing up. So once I got help and like a little bit of guidance of you can't run before you walk, right? You can't come in and try to do all of these things. If you don't have the confidence, you can't come in and try to do all of these things. If you don't have a relationship with the kids or if it's not a good relationship and it's just knowing to be okay with your role being fluid. Like it doesn't always have to be a hundred percent on or a hundred percent off. I was very, very black and white and that did not serve me very well. It's just, yeah, get, get support early and often because there's going to be things that just come up that you're like, where did this come from? Everything was going well. And then the other shoe dropped. What? I thought things, I thought we were past this. Right. And yeah, things just hit you out of nowhere and you're completely blindsided by it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Alicia, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. And we'll have to have you back. But tell everybody where they can find you. Um, I live at all things Alicia Crasco on Instagram, on Facebook, Pinterest, my website. Everything is Alicia Crasco or AliciaCrasco.com. Got a private community. That's the stepmom side. So you can find out about that at Alicia Crasco forward slash membership. Um, I have a coaching or I do coaching as well, like one-on-one. I also have boxer days where you can just check in like over the course of several hours. I have a course that's launching in about three weeks, maybe four. Um, I'm super excited about that. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Everything Alicia Crasco. It's funny when <laughs> at first when you said, well, you can find me. I was thinking, please don't give your address. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Laura, I might be crazy, but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> Girl, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, we all have to be crazy, right? To be a stepmom. <laughs> yes. And just some of the stuff that you've said, I know you're crazy. I know. Yeah. And it's okay because crazy is good sometimes. Yeah. Crazy yeah. is definitely good sometimes. It's funny because I think now if you would ask my husband, is your wife crazy? He would say, yeah, it's a good crazy. But like in in our early years, he'd be like, yeah, and she's free. <laughs> yes. Maybe he wouldn't say that, but uh, something along those lines. He would definitely be thinking it. She's crazy and she's mine. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I think in the early years he was like, she's crazy, but she's free. Like you can take her anytime that you want. Like she's a lot, but now he's like, she's crazy and she's mine for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again. And come back and chat with us some other time. Yes, please. Anytime you want to have me back, I will definitely, I will definitely make time to fit you in again and again and again. Yeah. Take 863. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. As y'all heard, Alicia's parents were divorced. She was two when they split. Mm. So she doesn't really remember a whole lot. Yep. Unlike my child, who can tell you stories of... When he was in the womb. When he was in the womb, things <laughs> that he saw from his periscope. <laughs> I don't even want to think about. <laughs> He's done some drugs. <laughs> he has not. You leave my baby alone. He's so fun. He's so you know, entertaining. I, I I did understand today for the first time the difference between a hallucination and a delusion. Do you know the difference? Hallucinations are caused by drugs. No, not necessarily. What's the difference? The difference is that hallucination is something that you realize is not real. A delusion okay. you don't know. You think it is real. Ah. To you, it's real. Okay. So I do use that word properly, delusional. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. but that's Jackson. He's delusional. He is not. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. Uh, Ethan had to go get tires put on his car, and I took him this morning. And then, of course, I take a pain pill, and he comes downstairs. He goes, my car is ready. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Feeling kind of high right now. <laughs> I don't think I should drive you. And I asked Jackson if he would take him. And Jackson said, yeah, because I need to see what they're talking about with his car. <laughs> and Ethan said, yeah, we can have some brotherly bonding time. I love them together. <laughs> I do. It's so sweet. So they came back in one piece. Well, good. Yeah. Anyway, don't forget. To apply for the Sylvia Crack Hour, Nacho Kids Academy scholarship to get a free month of the Nacho Kids Academy. NachoKids.com slash scholarships. So just to clarify, just because you apply doesn't mean you will win. However, you do get put into the hat. And yes, it is a proverbial hat, not literal. Yes. I throw your name in this Wheel of Fortune thing and mash a button and watch it spin. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I like it. Wheel of Fortune. Okay. <laughs> and we're done. Are we done? Then we are definitely done. I don't stick know a, if I'm stick done. Stick a fork in you. You are done. You have too much pain medicine. All right, folks. I need more. <laughs> Join us next week when we talk about how to get off of pain medicines. No, uh, they're not <laughs> narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's it. I'm done. Next, See next week, week we can talk about passing a kidney stone. <laughs> oh gosh. And what that has to do with your step family? <laughs> hey. All right. At least Ethan asked if I was okay. Remember, life is good. <laughs> And you, Nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good 
when you nacho. 